Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Last week we started a message, uh, a series entitled Forks in the Road, uh, A Journey to, to uh, Christian Spirituality. And there will be many different forks in your road, wise where you have to come to that say, I need to go either this way or that way. If you make the right choice, you move on towards Jesus. Your relationship with him will deepen. You'll grow to spiritual maturity. If you make the wrong choice, you can get on a spiritual traffic loop that just keeps on you moving around and around, but never pressing forward. Sometimes you can get onto roads that are, are really destructive. And this morning, we're looking at a road that can terminate your, your spiritual journey. Come with me to, to Matthew chapter 13, uh, uh, chapter 13. We're not going to read the whole passage. You heard it read to you. You will remember the story of, of the sower. How a sower went out to sow, and, and the seeds that he sowed, the gospel, fell on different kinds of ground. Uh, some were... Uh, uh, weedy ground where the cares and concerns of this world grew up and it choked the, the seed and it didn't bear any fruit. Today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. And here is what it says. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word of God and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. As you journey in your spiritual life, you are going to hit patches in the road where you're going to experience trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Or you may even experience persecution for your faith. After you hit that place on your journey, you're going to come to this fork in the road. One will lead you towards Christ, deepening your faith, but the road is going to be bumpy for a little bit. The other path will lead you towards destruction, where it withers and dies, is what, is, is what our verses say. Now, I realize that I am preaching primarily to Canadians, I understand that we know very little about persecution, although I think some may be headed our way. But let me show you a little bit about what is going on around the world before we get further into this passage. Here's a, a video from Open Door Ministries. The desert. A never-ending wilderness. Barren and desolate. But even here, if you look closely, there's life to be found. These are Yucca brevifolia, better known as a Joshua tree. This single tree could be hundreds, even thousands of years old. And that's because what you see is only part of the story. Underground, there's a massive network of roots going down to water, pulling that water out of the ground and storing it in the tree, keeping the tree alive resilient to the desert wasteland. In the world today, one in eight Christians are discriminated against, oppressed, even attacked, just because they follow Jesus. 
They are desperate voices crying out in a dry land. When I became a Christian, my village turned against me. I no longer belong. In China, the government installed facial recognition cameras in our sanctuary. That camera can gather the private data of our church members. They will intimidate them, they will prevent them from going to church. Suna kone churches, suna ibekaya mutane, suna kashi mutane, that means ana kashi krista wana. So ina gani domin kristanchi ina kiyakini. We know from this year's World Watch List that 340 million Christians live in places around the world where they are discriminated against or persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. That number is hard to imagine, hard to get your mind around. But we know that God is faithful. In the book of Isaiah, God tells his people, I will make new ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In midst of persecution, churches are growing more. Through the persecution, God is making the church grow. We are so united together like never before. We have a revival in our church, even in the severe persecution. God has sent a river into the wilderness, and his people are resilient. Like the Joshua tree, they're living boldly in the desert. And they depend upon the church, the roots of his family, for water and support. They are so encouraged by Christians from America. Pray for them, really care for them. It's like a body of Christ. When you read the 2021 World Watch List and let it touch your heart, when you commit to pray for your brothers and sisters who are persecuted around the world for their faith, you're helping God make rivers in the desert and helping his children to stand strong for him. The prayer is the core. When you don't know anything, just pray. When you don't understand anything, pray. You will understand. Open Doors has been called into this work to strengthen God's people in the desert and to help them overcome the odds. Will you join us? Three hundred and forty million Christians are experiencing significant trouble because they're journeying with Jesus. Take a close look at verse 21. The trouble comes because of the word that they received. The trouble comes because of the gospel, because following Jesus, because they've taken a stand for Jesus. This verse is not talking about the trouble that that comes in life to all of us, you know, parking tickets, troubles with neighbors, sickness, grief. Um, this is talking about the trouble that comes to your door specifically because you are following God's word. I know that our suffering does not compare to the suffering that's going on around the world, but I would think, I think it's a mistake to, to think that we will not face trouble because of our faith. Let me give you some examples. Janice was an extremely good writer. She came to the church where I was pastoring, 
and an opportunity came across her path to that seemed too good to pass up. She was offered $40,000 to write a Harlequin romance, and she knew that she could churn it out in the summertime. She felt that her writing was a gift from God, though, and that she'd given her writing ability over to God. So to make a long story short, uh, she did not believe that this type of novel and this type of writing would glorify God. She turned down the $40,000. That's the kind of trouble that comes because of gospel convictions. I watched a university student who was invited to a party and, and uh, she knew it was, there was going to be a lot of stuff that went on at that party where she would be pressured to do things that she shouldn't do, knew she didn't want to do. She chose to stay home from the party and do something else. It cost her in terms of popularity. It cost her in terms of some relationships, but it's trouble that comes out of following the Word of God. I know people in our church who, who regularly pay taxes on things that they can slough off. They might be able to get away with not recording those expenses, those incomes, and uh, yet they choose to live lives of integrity. They pay them. The honesty they have costs them something. I've watched as people have quit their jobs, people that I've pastored, because their work was forcing them into unethical situations. So they choose to exit rather than go with what was expected of them. I've watched as people who I pastored broke up with someone some people who, who they were in deeply in love with because uh, their significant other was not a follower of Jesus. That's trouble because of the Word of God. It is the norm rather than the exception that uh, Christians will have their faith ridiculed in university by professors and also by classmates. It would be much easier not to be a Christian than to have to work through your convictions in the middle of a hostile situation. Trouble because of the Word of God. I've watched people I've pastored make fools of themselves because they believed that they were to share the gospel and it led to some awkward situations, but they chose to be obedient anyways. That's trouble because of the Word of God. I've watched as people have moved away out of their comfort zone, some even to the other side of the world, not for adventure, but because they believed that that was God, what God was calling them to, and so they chose to follow the Word of God. Here's what you need to know. If you are obedient to the Gospel, if you're going to follow Jesus, it is going to cost you money, it's going to cost you time, Sometimes it may even cost you reputation. Sometimes it'll cost you relationships. And sometimes much more. We, we do not face heavy persecution in our country. But that does not mean that you will not have trouble if you follow Jesus. Sometimes I think, you know, it'd be easier to live without a conscience, without integrity, without love, without scruples doing everything that we thought we could get away with. 
Sometimes it'd be easier just to look out for number one. But there's a huge cost to living that way, except the cost is in the long term, usually not the short term. Uh, the direction leads to short-term fulfillment and short-term comfort. Long-term, it leads to death of the soul. But when you come to the fork in the road, and you're trying to decide which way to go, and you've just come through this patch of trouble or maybe even persecution, oftentimes we're thinking short-term rather than long-term. Jesus says there's a lot of people who get to this place, and their soul withers and dies. Because trouble comes, and the short-term comfort, easy way, looks like the best option. How about you? Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. You're wondering, is it worth sticking with the Christian life? There's others of you who've been come to that fork in the road and you've just been sitting there and you're, you're not sure you want to go forward with Jesus and you're not sure you want to take the comfort road and you've just been sitting there. You're going to have to make a choice soon. There's others of you who are doing your best to put your life on hold. Sometimes, some of you have started down the path of ease, but, but you're still within calling range because you're hearing my voice. Your soul is able to still take in what I'm saying. But, Eve, but if you keep on going where you're going, you're going to end up with a soul that withers. Let me tell you why people take the road of ease. Matthew chapter 13, verse 21, beginning of the verse says, But since they have no root, they only last for a short time. The reason we can't handle trouble is because our, our roots don't go down deep. I be believe because of the, the lack of persecution in our country, sometimes the, the timeline for the fork in the road gets a little distorted. What shows up is almost immediately in places where there is significant persecution could take four, five, six years to come to light in our country. In a country of severe persecution, a person must almost immediately make a decision whether or not they're willing to pay the price to follow Christ. In our country, sometimes the price does not come, become obvious for a couple of years down the road. But there comes a time when you know that there's a cost uh, to your commitment to Christ. And by that time, you, you may even have made many friends in the church, and, and you kind of belong, and you find a sense of community. And so often you say, well, I don't want the cost, but I do want the community. I'm going to take the road of ease, but I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just not going to show it to anyone. And what happens is you can even stay in church, but your soul can wither. There is a, a cost to, to following Christ. But you should also know that there's a cost to not following Christ. In fact, it's a, a much greater cost, but it's not immediately apparent. I've seen so many people dot, walk down that road and my life has got messy for them. If you're going to be ready for the trouble that you will experience because you're following Jesus, we're going to have to put down roots. 
Because the cause of people withering was that they had no roots. Question is, well, how do you do that? Well, you remember the story in Matthew chapter 13 about the different kinds of soil. They represent different states of the heart. Some seed fell on the path, and the seed of the gospel never penetrated into the soil. The gospel never got into the heart. There was other seed that fell among the weeds, and the seeds had to compete for different affections of the heart. And so while they grew up, they didn't bear much fruit. But the seeds we're looking at today fell on rocky ground. Uh, there's enough soil to grow, and they receive the message with joy, and, oh, isn't this awesome? Isn't this great? But the roots didn't go down deep. And so when trouble and persecution came, when the wind howled, when there was a little bit of a drought, the plant withered, died, was blown away. If you're a gardener, you know that there is a lot that you can do to affect the soil. If it's too hard, you can add peat moss to it. If it's too dry, you can add water. If there are a lot of rocks, it's a slow process. But you can remove the rocks one by one and change the nature of the soil. It may be that some of you have hearts that there's rocky soil. Every time God wants to work in your life, you, you resist him and say, yeah, um, not right now. Every time he attempts to deepen your spiritual life, you, you put up roadblocks. Every time he, he calls you, you respond reluctantly or not at all. That's a rocky heart. You hear the message and, and you know how it, it applies to your life, but instead of taking it home and applying it, you do your best to forget it. You use evasions like, someday. Or I'm, I, I don't think I'm quite that committed yet. Or I'm too busy, but when life slows down, then I'll take care of my spiritual life. And each time you put a rock in front of a root that God wants to grow deeper, you compromise the root system of your spiritual life. Then when trouble comes because of God's word, you're tempted to throw it all away and say, I'm going to take the road mark easy. Too often I've seen people who once attended church, gave their life to Christ in the past, do that. And it's, it's a depressing thing because God was a vibrant in their life and then they let it go and it becomes problematic for them. See, they, they were too busy to consistently spend time with God's Word and praying. Weeks, sometimes, months would go by before they would spend any time praying. They'd come to church and, and they kind of feel a little refilled there, but they grew farther and farther from God. They wouldn't allow God to change them. Some of them got involved in sin and that they didn't want to let go of. They, they loved other things more than they loved God. And, and when that happened, the, the root system was stunted. I've seen people fall away from Jesus, fall away from the church, turn their backs on God. They refuse to put down deep roots. 
And sadly, I've seen shipwreck lives. When people come back uh, and say what has happened, I hear, I've heard a number of times, if only I had obeyed God. I don't want you to have to say, if only. So what do you do? How do you put down deep roots? Well, first, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You will face trouble and persecution because of the Word of God. Now, you don't have to go out of your way to bring trouble on yourself. You are looking for ways to, to walk through situations diplomatically. You're going to be kind. You're going to be considerate. You're going to be loving. But there will be times, just because you follow Jesus, people are going to be against you. There's a price tag sometimes that comes with integrity. There's a cost to living out your faith. Know that. Chalk it up to the price of being a Christian. Get serious about your spiritual life. Get your mind around the fact that if you intend to live a godly life in this world, you will have trouble. Uh, the trouble will be manageable by you and God because God will be right there with you. He'll not give you more than you can bear. The trouble will be far less than what Jesus went through for you. And also remember, you know, Jesus told us there is a cost to, to being my disciple. Take up your cross and follow me. Living for Jesus will save you from a lot of stuff you would rather not go through. Um, but living for Jesus also will cost you. So a lot of surveys that say Christians are some of the happiest people around. But I also know the Christians, well, they have their challenges. Know the trouble will come. Number two, intentionally soften your heart towards God so that he can grow deep roots in you. The way to soften your heart is, is not by saying, today I'm, I'm going to soften my heart. Uh, you can't do that. But... But rather, when you, when you hear God's Spirit directing you, or convicting you, or moving you, allow Him to do what He wants to do. Don't, don't harden your heart against His work. Don't try to put Him off. Responding, respond to His promptings. Respond quickly to His promptings. It's the only way to allow your heart to be softened. Number three, feed your roots regularly. Allow the fertilizer of the Word of God, allow the water of the Spirit of God to saturate your mind and your heart. Let your heart be turned to prayer, to worship, to fellowship. Let your heart be, be tuned to the heart of God. Pursue your relationship with God. Draw closer to Him, and His promise is, is that He will draw closer to you. Let the Holy Spirit blow through your soul. Tend to your soul, so that it has what it needs to grow. If you do these things, you'll be alright when trouble comes. When you come to that fork in the road, and, and you'll be able to interpret the signs. Over one, uh, one side of the road will be labeled uh, destination, Christ-likeness. 
bumps ahead for the next few kilometers. Over the other road you will see a highway to nowhere, but good traveling. You'll know where to go and what to do. You're going to take the highway of Christ. The last thing I want to remind you of is it to journey with others. Because as we journey together, you're going to find people who in this world, yeah, they know what it means to have trouble. But they also know what it means that Jesus has come along and overcome the world. And so as you walk together and as you carry one another's burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ to love one another. But you will find that there's, there is energy and strength that you get from walking with people. Let people into your life in such a way where they can walk with you through the challenges. Let me close by telling you a story of a friend of mine. She came to Jesus later on in life, and as she grew in her faith, she, she found that um, living with, with the guy she was living with was, was incompatible with, with following Jesus, so she moved out, got her own place. She continued to grow, and, and she was just coming up to retirement. And she knew she had skills, and she was asking God, what do you want me to do with those skills? And God led her over to India, and she was able to help uh, the organizational structure of a group of Christian hospitals in India. So she helped get the organization going in a good direction, using the skills that, that she had grown throughout her career. It was tough work. It was hard work. There were many times, she said, where if God didn't come through, things would have been really bad. But she saw God come through again and again and again. And because she was there, there were many uh, Christians who went into uh, uh, health work that wouldn't have otherwise done so. She experienced many troubles, but she found that God was faithful. She moved back to Canada and is now living in Canada, but she looks back and says, yeah, it's amazing what God did there. And her roots went deep, and she grew a healthy, a healthy plant, a healthy spiritual life. You don't have to go overseas. You just have to do what God's calling you to do. We all need to put down deep roots. Because we don't know when the storms are going to come. We don't know when trouble's going to come. But as your roots go deep, you know who Jesus is. And you gain strength from him. I want to urge you, let your roots grow deep. So when you come to the fork of the road that says trouble ahead, you'll know what to do. You'll follow Jesus. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that you are with us always. I pray especially for people who are walking into trouble right now, that you would give them grace and wisdom to know how to live well. I pray, Lord, for those who are tempted to take the road of ease and walk away from you. I pray, Lord, that you would give them grace to, to turn back and to take the road towards you, knowing that the, it's only in you that they will experience the life that is really life. Lord, I pray your blessing on your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. 
If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.